I don't do this very often, but this is a bonus episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Joining me today, the CEO of Dexcom, Kevin Sayer. Kevin is back on the program just for a quick, I think this is like 20 minutes, to talk about the recent Dexcom share server outage. He's going to touch on a new relationship with Lily about their pens, about their insulin pens. And we're going to celebrate the release of Tandem Control IQ. At the very end, I'm going to play the audio from a recent public message that Kevin shared online that addresses very specifically the server outage. You know, even though this is a bonus episode, I probably should tell you that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and that you should always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan or becoming bold with insulin. Just a programming note, you were going to get a supersized Ask Scott and Jenny for the holidays today. That one's going to happen Sunday night at midnight instead. Well, I'm glad to have the opportunity to be on your show again. No, I appreciate you doing it very much. A couple new things to talk about, and I have a couple of questions. It just seems like a good time of year. The internet tries to wind down this time of year, but I don't see an, uh, I don't see why we shouldn't give them good information. I have questions about Control IQ and about the Lily announcement, and I'd like to talk about the outage for a minute. But where would you like to start? Well, why don't you start with the outage, and, and then we'll take the other ones on after. Sounds great. So interesting thing, you know, we've been using Dexcom for just ever and ever, and when I first realized that, you know, I wasn't seeing Arden's blood sugar on my phone. I just thought, oh, there's a problem. And then when, you know, it went into 15 to 20 minutes to an hour, I thought, oh, I wonder if this is happening to other people. And you kind of check online, you see that it is. I I don't want to sound like a shill here because I'm really not, but it didn't affect our lives very much. Uh, I mean, she was still getting her blood sugar to her phone. You know, everything was still what we needed for her health, et cetera. I mean, had she been... I don't know. I guess had we had something planned where she was going to leave the house and be away from us for this time, I, I would have maybe felt differently. But in you know, in the context of our life in that moment, it felt like it felt like a really nice to have that was gone for a minute. And then I kind of saw you know people online had their reactions. Some were good, some were bad. Some people were like, "It'll be okay." I basically went with the people who pay attention to what I say online. I just said, "Look, this is a great opportunity for you to realize that." the data that's been coming back from your CGM for so long has actually taught you more than you think it has. And that you know what's going to happen more than you think you do. You, you know what I mean? And and this is a great time to test that. So let's just look at it as a, as a moment to try something. So Kevin, when I'm talking to people on the podcast or writing to them, I tell them all the time that with diabetes, that you need something to go wrong so that you know what it looks like when something goes wrong. So for me, from that perspective, I'm like, oh, this is kind of good for people even if they don't see it, you know, in the moment. That really doesn't have anything to do with the business side of it, I guess. Um, can I ask you how long after it happened and what happened were you guys aware that it happened? Well, when things started, we have a system within those servers where there are, are messages that come to uh, 
I guess what you'd call a tiger squad or, or a team that monitors the servers that say, Hey, there's something going on here. And typically when we do see something like that, it's corrected within an hour or two and it's almost invisible to everybody and everything is fine. And as we have stated in our public comments, we became aware of this very early Saturday morning, uh, like around midnight of Thanksgiving weekend, but it wasn't corrected quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a holiday weekend, and oftentimes on holiday weekends, people aren't looking at phones and emails and stuff. We probably didn't jump on it as quickly as we have other ones. But I assure you, Saturday morning when everybody woke up, everybody was on this thing full speed ahead. Uh, It took us a while to identify everything that had happened. Uh, As I said in my public comments, this is a result of us uh, scaling up our share servers Hmm. and going to what will ultimately be a more sustainable and more robust platform. And we had some uh, equipment and some software just not configured properly for this larger uh, server structure. It took us a while to identify and figure that out. But as we sorted through it and got to the answers, we certainly solved the problems that, uh, that caused what happened this time and have a much better system in place to deal with them if it happens again. Can I ask you? With respect, yeah, go ahead. Do you have an idea for how many other problems there have been in the past that we don't know about? Like how often does something go funky where people are like, oh, we have to address this, and then they take care of it and it's glitch-free? Does that is it like a weekly occurrence, a monthly? Does no, it happen that often? It's not that often, and it's usually so insignificant I don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, for example, this one I knew about, and certainly what happened New Year's Eve last year I, I'd heard about. Uh, and they keep me in the loop if something is serious. So, no, if anything like that, it, it's addressed very, very, very quickly. Yeah. And, and so – <laughs> I mean, what other holidays do you have targeted in the future? <laughs> no, you know, so I, I have to tell you one thing that I found interesting. Three Wall Street people wrote in their reports the servers went down because all of our users ate so much over Thanksgiving. Are you serious? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, the misinformation that went out here uh, was, was remarkable. And, and these are really uh, educated people who know our company. You know, we, we learned, I, I like what you said about everybody needs to learn because we've certainly learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first thing we've learned is messaging. We are working to put, as I said earlier, to put messaging directly into the app, but also kind of a, a gauge on the website so anybody could go look at the website and see where we are server-wise. Okay. That's our first step in better communications. But the other thing communication-wise, and, and you said this perfectly, because the message got away from us a bit because everybody was upset, the fact that patients could still use their systems was lost on the rest of the world as this thing continued to spin. Yeah. So we, we just need to be better in what we say and what we do. Right. It's very obvious because of this how important SHARE is to the community. And it's also obvious that there are a lot of new patients to CGM mm-hmm. who haven't lived without it. Yeah. And that's good. You know, that's really good for the community that we're getting access to this technology so quickly. It's up to us to make it more robust and and and, and gain people's trust back. And we'll be very open in our communications as to how we deal with this going forward uh, and how we measure up against the things I committed to in the video that we posted and sent out. And we'll continue to evaluate better ways to communicate. But 
all in all, we'll learn. There's never a good excuse for this. And, and so the learnings don't justify what we put folks through, no, but no. the learnings will make us better. Kevin, do you mind at the end of this episode, can I put the audio from your video in here? That'd be fine. Cool. Absolutely. When I finally realized that there were some people in, within my community who were kind of waiting for me to comment on it, I, I just said, look, you know, I don't like what I see when I see people who've been around diabetes for decades and they come at them and they're like, I lived without this forever. I think, well, yeah, but these people haven't. And so they haven't. Yeah. You can't, you can't jump on them for not being prepared for it. Some of these people, you know, that listen to this podcast, they'll get their prescriptions for their Dexcom at the hospital when they're diagnosed, they may never know. Like, and, and they feel this real comfort around it, which is of course, it must've been interesting because they're, their anxiety is really an indication of how helpful the product is for them. That's right. You know, I met a, I met a, a young woman recently, an 11 year old girl who had only gone two days with diabetes before she got her Dexcom. Yeah. So she's known nothing else. Right. In a newspaper, um, you know, I'm going to call it a report, but I'm making air quotes where they said that, you know, that nobody had access to their blood sugars. And I was like, that's not even close to what happened. But you could tell when you read it that the person didn't understand how the system worked, that this was, you know, the share portion, not the, you know, not what you experience in your life, you know, with your with your equipment on you. It was it's interesting how willing everyone is to talk before they know. But at the same time, I get it. Like I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like if Arden had something to do, I mean, I don't think we would have canceled it. We would have had to adjust. Um, but I can see that it creates anxiety and then you, you know, you, you say what you say. So I will run your audio uh, at the end so that, that everybody can hear it here in case they've missed it somewhere else. That would be great. About the Lily announcement. I don't a hundred percent understand it. Is Lily launching a, an insulin delivery system and Dexcom is going to be a part of it? Lily uh, has made announcements over the past couple of years that they are working on, on first connected pens. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a large community of patients who still get their insulin through insulin pens rather than uh, insulin pumps. And one of the advantages we've known about insulin pumps for a long time is insulin data and insulin on board and those types of things. Excuse me, Lily sees an opportunity here with Bluetooth connected pens to create that same type of information for their pen patients okay. over time. Dexcom is going to be part of that product offering for Lily. And We'll see what they decide to build. I'm not aware of all the stuff that they're working on as far as decision support or other things, uh, but we will be part of that and feed information to that. Mm -hmm. They're also working on automated insulin delivery systems as well. I can't speak to their timeframes, but again, they will communicate with Dexcom CGM technology, and we are thrilled to be part of their ecosystem. In this age of, of interoperability, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they also work with others, but we're thrilled to be, you know, uh, first announced here and to be working with them directly. Right. I think their product offerings, oh, I anticipate they'll be very good. Lily's a great company, uh, and and they have been so active in diabetes over time. Uh, they, they see the future, and they're moving to the digital age. So this is good. Do you ever turn down a company when they come in with the, and they want to use your product because you, you really have like amazing partnerships with a lot of pump companies. And now, I mean, this thing you're describing with Lily, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming similar to the in pen, right? The idea of a Bluetooth pen and you 
and they use yeah. your thing too. So how do you make that decision when someone comes to you with a, with an idea? Do you just look at their business plan and say, this looks like we could be helpful here? We look at it. Actually, it's evolved over time. In the early days, we took pretty much everything on mm-hmm. uh, to learn and to grow and, and, and to develop our, uh, a foundation of footing for our company, which is why we became really the forerunner to the age of interoperability of all these other companies. Yeah. As time grows on, we will evaluate these partnerships based on their, you know, their commercial merits. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, commercial merits mean the merits for our patients. Uh, and I'll give you just an easy example. I had a phone call from a I listened to in tech support for a patient who had an Android phone that I never heard of, that there might be a few thousand of them at most out there angry and upset that we hadn't validated and tested that iPhone. Well, for just a few hundred patients, that doesn't make economic and commercial sense for us and won't affect that many people. So as we look at these partnerships going forward, it'll be what will have the biggest impact in the community and that in turn becomes the biggest impact on our business. And one of our models is always here, do right by the patients and, and the, the results will follow. So we look at it that way. Right. That's excellent. I, I mean, it's wonderful when you, you don't expect, like in a business sense, you don't expect a company to have so many relationships with so many other companies that are similar. But in this space, it's completely needed and important. And it's just, it's really cool that you're doing it. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's, you know, I, I realize it's not a bad idea for you, but at the same time, you know, you don't usually see that. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a lot of work to manage all these relationships. There's do, no question. Do you have to be involved then with what Lily does with the FDA or does that all fall to them? With our ICGM designation with the FDA, our ICGM designation means if whatever software system they developed is validated and verified through a clinical trial, there's no other work for us other than to give them our data mm-hmm. and and our and they can refer to our FDA filings and they're off to the races. So the ICGM designation that only Dexcom has right now enables us to partner very rapidly with companies who develop these technologies. Uh, I they will be ultimately responsible for their filings. If they, if any of our partners need help from us, we certainly offer it. But they will be responsible for their systems, and we'll provide them what they need. Okay, so I guess the really exciting news is that um, the FDA said yes to Control IQ from Tandem, and uh, that's pretty cool. That's that's a spectacular development. Uh, having another automated insulin del- delivery choice. For patients has been long overdue and we're really excited for tandem and the patient community to have this uh again powered by dexcom g6 sensor mm-hmm. tandem had done very well with basal iq as well so i i think it's a great day it's really good that we have another choice for patients and kudos to tandem and those guys i this will be a great product well i have um I, I guess we'll call it a little birdie who's using it now um and uh showed me a graph and it's it's incredibly stable for 24 hours it really was something else that is great to hear pretty amazing actually do you guys can i ask and i'm going to let you go because this is just a short one today but can i ask you do you have a an official stance on the the diy looping community that uses 
the data. How do you feel about it, I guess, is my question. Since this is a short one, I'll keep my answer short. <laughs> it's, fa- it's fascinating reading. Um, and the DIY community is very innovative. Uh, they've come up with some very good answers. I think this will evolve over time. Yeah. And we'll see how it goes. They've been around forever. They're Dexcom patients. They use our product. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm one of them. Uh, very recently, yeah. I tried it, and it's it's fairly fascinating, and uh, it's very interesting to see how quickly someone can find a, a problem and then fix it. It's it's, uh, it's just really it's amazing. It, 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 I don't think it's going away. No, I I, I truly believe, uh, Kevin, that this is this is it. Like we're at the very launching point of something that's going to explode over the next year, year and a half and beyond. And my concern with it all mm-hmm. is, is, is the regulation and the validation and the testing and the approval process that the, the devices and the other algorithms go through. And we're not the regulators. Right. So uh, we provide our technology and we try and provide as much security as we can. And as we feel is necessary and, you know what? People are happy. People are doing well. And we'll just, I think it's going to evolve over the next several years. It will certainly not look the same two years from now as it does today. No, I can't imagine. And I, I, what I really hope is that I really hope that the people who make the decisions on the regulation regulatory side, see what, what people who are doing it themselves are accomplishing so that you don't end up with systems that are so that, that get outdated too quickly when that doesn't need to be the case. Arden was using one version of it and it just kind of wasn't right. And I could tell something wasn't right. And a couple other people said it wasn't. And then before you know it, they figured out why, fixed it, validated it, you know, tested it and then, you know, pushed it up and you can go grab it if you want to. And that changed right there. It was, it was fixed just like that little problem. And it was fixed. It didn't take six months or a year or anything like that. It took, it took that. And it's, I can't tell you how stable, um, low to normal her blood sugar is you know i watched her last night uh not get a meal when she thought she was going to so she went really too long without food her blood sugar tried to drop down and and the algorithm just took away all the insulin and really stopped her from having a low until she could get to some food and then the food came on and the algorithm kicked right back in and she didn't get high it was just really it's wonderful it's hard to to not just say it's wonderful and I mean, I, well, I think I think with Control IQ, with you know, Insulet's Horizon offering that's not too far from reality, mm-hmm. uh, we have a couple of offerings in this space that will be available commercially and approved and validated and regulated. And I think for the majority of the community, that will be a fantastic answer. Both those systems will be great. And we'll continue to support them. Yeah, we'll see how the rest evolves over time. A million percent. I I, I honestly believe that for most people, uh, Horizon and anything else that comes along is going to be such an incredible improvement for their lives. Like just an amazing doubling and tripling of their success. So um, I'm just very grateful for you guys. I want to wish you a happy holiday, everybody there. Please, uh, anybody you bump into, send my good wishes. Well, I I appreciate it, and again to your listeners. Uh, same to them, and, and we're looking forward to a fabulous 2020. We will continue to get better on all fronts. You will hear a lot from Dexcom next year. Kevin, I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for doing this. You too. Take all right, care. bye-bye. This is Kevin's audio from December 13th, 2019, in its entirety.
Hello, my name is Kevin Sayer. I am the chairman, president, and CEO of Dexcom. Thanksgiving weekend, we experienced an unprecedented outage of the Dexcom follow function, which enables our users to share their CGM data with caregivers and loved ones. Let me start with a personal apology on behalf of myself and our entire team. Everyone at Dexcom is disappointed about what happened. It is not what you expect from us, and certainly not what we expect from ourselves. We can, and we will do better. Now that we've restored service fully, I am able to shed some light on what took place. Earlier this year, we moved our ShareFollow platform to a new cloud service provider in an effort to modernize our data center and allow greater scalability of our systems. During that move, we introduced new components to our platform that weren't configured for optimal performance. Those components failed. And when they did, there was disruption to core processes within the platform. When this occurred, our follow app was impacted. We are reviewing our entire system architecture and operational support to determine and make the necessary changes. Dexcom is working around the clock to ensure this doesn't happen again. Furthermore, the hours that passed between the follow feature going down and our first communication to you were unacceptable. The engineers are accelerating a plan to install an in-app messaging system that would alert users and followers immediately if the system is not working as expected. We're also working on several additional communication redundancies. For example, the team is developing a dedicated page on the Dexcom website that will report system functionality 24-7 and serve as a central hub for real-time updates. We created our CGM system and follow-up so you could depend on it. We know you do, and that has never been clearer to us. Although we now understand the reason why this outage occurred, there are no excuses. As I said before, we can do better. And as the leader of this company, you have my personal promise that we will. Thank you for communicating with us so we understand your needs. We intend to regain your trust and keep it. I'm going to end this episode by sharing my thoughts on what I saw online around the server outage. First of all, it was interesting. There were two very different reactions, depending on what social media platform you looked on. It's not that odd if you think about it. So on Instagram, where you see sometimes more adults with type one, meaning not parents, there was sort of one reaction that wasn't as upset. More obviously, that's because an adult who's using Dexcom is seeing it on their own phone. The share and follow feature probably doesn't mean a lot to them. But you did still see people who are like, look, I love Dexcom. I wish this works. I hope they figure this out. I don't want this to happen again. But, you know, I'm not too down on them. On Facebook, there's something crazy that happened, in my opinion. It's sort of this um, old school crowd versus new school crowd mentality. There's people like Kevin and I were talking about who have not ever known anything but Dexcom for their blood sugars. And there are people who live for decades without it. Some of those older people made comments that I felt seemed judgmental or a little like, you know, I told you not to count on technology or I live forever without this and I'm okay today. Like there was that. Moreover, there were many, many other people who were trying to be really supportive about it, saying almost those same statements with a slightly different tone. Like, don't worry, I lived with diabetes for 30 years without this. And it's going to be okay. You know, this is, you know, it's interesting. It's the same message delivered just slightly differently. Or sometimes it might be the same message. And when you read it, you might read it differently. 
so this ends up being a good teaching moment, I guess, example of that probably Facebook's not the best way to talk to people because you lose tone and intent and inflection, right? One person can say, I lived for diabetes for three decades and I've never had this technology and I'm fine. And you can make that same statement and sound supportive. I mean, when you know the way I said it the first time doesn't sound supportive. And the way I said it the second time does. Now, does that mean the first person was trying to be unpleasant? I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think so. Maybe they're just not great communicators, right? Maybe they're just not great in writing. Maybe they meant the second tone. Maybe they meant, oh, don't worry. It's going to be okay. And it read like, I've been doing this forever. Don't worry about it. Why are you people panicking? What's wrong with you? Anyway, there were also a couple of people I saw who I thought were being smug on purpose. A little bit of like, mm-hmm, you all care about your technology so much, and we've been doing it forever without it, and you're getting what you deserve now. You really should know how to do this without this technology. So after seeing these different conversations happening and frankly being contacted privately by people who were saying, have you seen what this person's saying? And isn't it nice that this person's being supportive, but oh my gosh, what is this person over here doing? After all of that, I felt like I'm gonna, I need to post something on my Facebook page and, and on Instagram. So I'm going to read you what I wrote. I said, regarding the Dexcom server issue, you all know that I'm not into imposing my opinions on this group and that I like that this space is free and honest. Now, that's um, that's me talking about the private Facebook group and the Facebook group for Juicebox Podcast. I don't like telling people what to do. You guys are all adults. You can figure stuff out. You know what I mean? I said, though I have my own opinions about how some folks are reacting, they are my thoughts and stem from my reality. Others are entitled to their reactions and concerns. Obviously, personal context is important. Now, what I meant by that is some people are really overreacting, but I don't know their circumstances. To me, they look like they're overreacting. To them, that might just be like real fear. Why would I be judgmental about that? I don't know their life, don't walk in their shoes, don't understand their situation. Some people see that and say, oh, that person's overreacting, they're wrong. To me, I say that person appears to be overreacting to me, but I may have a completely different perspective than they do. Anyway, for us, the outage has not been an issue. In fact, it was more than 12 hours before Arden asked me why I was looking at her phone. And that just means Arden didn't even realize the share function wasn't working until eventually she's like, why do you keep picking up my phone every once in a while? And it was just because I kept checking to see if it was back on. This has not impacted Arden's blood sugars, our life, or meals. But we lived with Dexcom for years before Cher was even a twinkle in a developer's eye. So I have context and experience. So I mentioned it with Kevin, but I sort of feel like I always know what Arden's blood sugar is doing, even when I'm not looking at it. And that I believe most of you who have Dexcom will get to that point. It comes from having the CGM for so long and watching it. And suddenly you just realize, I know what's going to happen here. I can trust that this, is gonna, that this is going to happen. And that brings a real comfort. And then, of course, the alarms, you know, are there for when you're not quite right. But I felt good about it already. I went on and I said, it's no one's place to lecture you on perspective, tell stories about the years they lived without any technology, or make passive-aggressive comments asserting superiority. I am appalled by people in the community that take moments like this to tell you how, quote, 
they used to do it. When their message is delivered with smugness, those people have an agenda that I disagree with. And for clarity, I believe that agenda is, is that the message they have to share is fear-based and they don't have a hopeful message that they can support with, how do I want to say this, with information that keeps them relevant in this community. So I think that they lean a little bit on the fear aspect because the fear aspect is more of the, the group mentality of, oh, I was just diagnosed and this is all very scary because of course it is. But I think that anybody that would keep you in that fear just so that their Facebook page could have more users or their thing could get more clicks or whatever it is, I find that reprehensible. And while most people, and I want to reiterate, while most people that I see do not do that, there are some who do. You have to figure out who those people are for yourself. But I don't like it when I see it happen. For obvious reasons. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, deliver with smugness. Those people have an agenda. I disagree with it. The Juicebox Podcast and Arden's Day is about growing with diabetes ideas, tools, and technology. It is about achieving a sense of calm and a feeling that you know how to react when things don't go as planned. This server hiccup is no different. Stay fluid, ignore drama, and find a different way to achieve your goals until the way you prefer returns. You can all do this, and the opportunity to use this time as a learning tool should not be wasted. Stay agile and trust that what you know is going to happen will happen. Then find a different way to impact and track your progress. My opinion, if you're worried, try leaning on each other for ideas to bridge this gap. Use the people in this group as a resource. Try not to overcomplicate the moment. If this moves into the school week, Arden and I will go back to a few well-placed timers on her phone to remind her to look at her blood sugar and text me if needed. Nothing has changed but your ability to see the data in real time, remotely. But you can still see it on the phone. Your child can still see it. Do you have small kids? Practice texting today. Send them a note that says, quote, what's Dexcom say? And then have them reply with a number and arrow emojis. You know, double there's double arrow emojis that go up and down. There's stable emojis. There's diagonal up and diagonal. You just use them. Teach the kid how to do that. Practice today. It's the weekend. You'll figure it out. I ended by saying that this is a learning opportunity and it will make you better at managing type 1 diabetes. Now go kick some ass and make yourself proud. That's it. I think that most of type 1 diabetes is common sense and experience. There's a lot you need to know, right? A lot of words, a lot of ideas, a lot of tools, and maybe this moment found some people lacking in those tools or ideas or confidence or experience. That doesn't mean they should be made to feel worse. They already feel terrible. So I'm very proud to say that the people who listen to this podcast and belong to the Facebook community were not those people. These were people who helped each other, threw out questions, were freely saying, I'm freaked out, I don't know what to do, didn't feel judged by it, were just saying, I need help, can you tell me what you're going to do in this situation? That Facebook group is such a great little microcosmos of how I imagine all of you. To see everyone interacting that way was heartwarming, and it gave me a ton of hope. I really think that as you guys listen along get the tools, get the experience, figure things out. You're going to be better prepared to help yourself and other people. And that maybe this podcast can have 
some effect on the overall message that goes out to other people living with type 1 diabetes. I want so badly for all those people who are just like, I don't know, but I've got a successful blog or my Facebook page has 30,000 people following it and I want them to stay here. So how do I keep them here? Keep them here by making them feel like they need here. I want you guys to feel like I understand, I'm calm, I'm confident, and maybe I'm going to go back to these places and these, you know, Facebook communities or Instagram and help someone else as I'm confident enough with what I know to share it with somebody else. I would like very much that if a tiny bit, if I could form a little bit of a legacy in the diabetes world, I would like for it to be that I help people not to be afraid. And I just think this was another example of how we can do that. I want to thank Kevin Sayer for coming on. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you are or aren't celebrating. I hope it is comfortable and relaxing. I want you to remember that on Sunday night at midnight, an extended Scott and Jenny is going to drop. And let me just let the cat out of the bag here. At the very end of it, I was feeling incredibly festive and I read The Grinch. So right into the microphone. I did the little singing in the middle. The singing was bad, but the reading I thought was pretty good. So I hope you enjoy it. You guys are terrific. I'm going to see you in 2020. This podcast is going strong because of you. I can't wait to do more with it.